Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm Doug Sweeney here with my co-host, Kristen Padilla. And we are delighted to welcome you into the middle of our first annual African American Ministry Emphasis Month at Beeson, in which we are blessed to have guests like Beeson alumna Kokesha Bailey Robinson on campus and on the podcast today. We love hearing and seeing the ways in which God is at work among the African American members of our Beeson family. And as I have gotten to know Kokesha, I have grown quite sure that you are simply going to love today's podcast. A few announcements before we begin. Next month, we will convene our annual William E. Conger Jr. Lectures on Biblical Preaching with Dr. Jared Alcantara of Baylor's Truett Seminary. Dr. Alcantara will be with us March 17 through 19, speaking in Hodges Chapel at 11 o'clock each day. His presentations are free and open to the public, so we hope that you'll come. On March 23rd, our Robert Smith Jr. Preaching Institute is hosting a Day with a Beeson author event that features our own beloved Professor Gerald R. McDermott, who will retire at the end of this academic year. We invite you to spend the day with Jerry as he teaches from his book, Everyday Glory, The Revelation of God in All of Reality which he spoke about on the podcast on December the 17th. Registration for this day with a Beeson Author event is limited and does cost $25, but that fee includes a copy of the book, lunch, refreshments, and excellent teaching. You can find more information and register on our website at beesondivinity.com events. Now, Kristen, would you mind introducing today's guest, Kokesha Bailey Robinson? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm so pleased to have the Reverend Kokesha Bailey Robinson with us today. Uh, Kokesha and I were in school together here at Beeson Divinity School, so we go way back. Uh, Dear friends, she is a preacher, a mentor of women, a writer, and is the founder of Cross Spring Ministries out of Dallas, Texas. And she recently announced while she was at Beeson this week that she has taken the position of Associate Dean of Diversity and Inclusion at Grace College of Winona Lake, Indiana. And so we're so pleased with this new announcement, Kokesha. And we can't wait to hear all that God is going to do in and through you at Grace College. She is married to Timothy, who is also a graduate of Beeson Divinity School. And she is currently working on her D-Men degree. And so that's a lot <laughs> to say, but we are so proud of you, Kokisha. And want to begin, as we always do, uh, with you introducing yourself. We love to hear how God has um, called you. Uh, to follow him and to pursue ministry. And so if you could tell us about your faith journey, your call to ministry, and what led you to Beeson. Thank you all so much for having me. It's so good to be here home at Beeson. I'm a daughter of Dallas, Texas, 
Go Cowboys. <laughs> I am the eldest biological child of Pastor E.K. Bailey and Sheila Bailey of Dallas, Texas. Their love allowed them to find each other at Bishop College in Dallas, and the rest is history. My father is the founding pastor of Concord Church of Dallas, Texas, that was established in 1975. So I literally grew up with Concord. I was two years old when the church was planted, and it's been wonderful to see the church, Concord Church of Dallas and the Global Church serve as seminary before I got to seminary. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I accepted Christ at eight years old. Uh, my children's pastor, Pastor Charles Martin, preached sermons uh, that helped me to come to understand the love of Jesus Christ. I fell in love with Jesus as a child. My parents cultivated my faith journey, and I grew up, and my superheroes were not Wonder Woman and Superman. They were pastors on our staff. <laughs> and I remember being at a daycare center next door to the church and doing recess. I would run to the fence and look through, and I would wave at the pastors going to lunch and secretly pray, I want to be one of them when I grow up. <laughs> well, women were not in our context. So I didn't know if I were praying a prayer that could really happen. But um, I'm a product of Dallas Independent School District, Fisk University, uh, Beeson, and now Baylor. And I've come to fall in love with the evolution of my own womanhood and still learning and discovering who I am. My dad says preachers don't find their real voice until they're 50. But it just feels mighty nice to give myself permission to say hello to who I am in each season. And I'm home at Beeson because Beeson helped me to find and cultivate that voice. Kokisha, some of our listeners probably knew your father personally, and I'm sure many of them have heard of him, but probably not all of them know enough about your dad, E.K. Bailey. Mm. Uh, he was one of the most influential preachers in American history, certainly in the last generation, and his preaching conferences served all kinds of people for many years. Could you just say a word or two about your dad for people who don't know enough about him? And then I bet our listeners would also be interested to know, hear from you, what was it like mm. growing up as his daughter and thinking about a call to ministry as the daughter of E.K. Oh, Bailey? goodness. This podcast may last seven hours, but uh, it's always a treat to share the story. Kierkegaard's words, life is lived forward but understood backwards, is my favorite because it's like a life mission statement. Uh, the older I get, the more it makes sense in reflection. E.K. Bailey, how do I answer that? To me, he was just a good daddy. I'm honored and very humbled that people remember him as an evangelical statesman by God's grace, by uh, as a pioneer in expository preaching. He would point that credit to his mentor, A. Lewis Patterson, who now lives with him with the Lord. Um, E.K. Bailey is the son of Dr. V.M. Bailey, who lives with God, and the late Victoria Curtis, my grandparents. It's really precious to me that my grandfather never knew he would have a preaching son. Uh, his life was taken when my dad was a high school student. Mm -hmm. So he never knew he would have two sons that would become preachers, and he sure didn't know he would have a preaching granddaughter, <laughs> and now a couple of preaching granddaughters, and who knows, maybe some preaching great-granddaughters. Um, my dad was from California, Oakland, California, um, Dr. W.K. Jackson was his mentor who pastored the historic St. John Baptist Church of Oklahoma. He said, your dad has passed away, 
but he would want to make sure you go to college. So I'm giving you a one-way bus ticket to Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. so you can go to Bishop College. To African-American preachers of that day, Bishop was the Mecca. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous that I didn't get a chance to go. There he fell in love with preaching, black preaching. Uh, he met my mother, thanks be to God, uh, my godfather, Dr. Melvin Wade, and countless friends. Bishop produced Dr. A.B. Sutton, my mentor and pastor in Birmingham, uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes, Dr. Ralph West, so many black preaching giants. It was in Dallas that my father pastored the Mount Carmel Baptist Church in southern Dallas. And it was in that season that the Lord led him to be the founder of Concord Church. Um, at Concord Church, he demonstrated, like you, Dean Sweeney, pioneering leadership. God allowed the church to start with 200 people that took a chance on a young pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad gave credit his entire life to Miss A.W. Blair, who had influence that he did not have at that time with a bank. She went in and said, give this man a loan for his church because I believe in what God has told him to do. Hmm. And he always honored her because he said, they gave me the loan, not because of who I am, (laughs) but because of who she is. And so I just thank God for a daddy that reminded us, you don't get anywhere by yourself and never to forget the people that lifted you. Uh, He gave his entire life to Concord Church, to preaching. He established the E.K. Bailey um, Expository Preaching Conference. I feel like I grew up with the conference. It celebrates 25 years this year by the grace of God. Now it's under the the tremendous leadership of Pastor Brian Carter, who's doing a stellar job uh, as the pastor of Concord for the 16th year. And uh, his greatest joy outside of being married to my mother and having children, uh, and he had one adopted son, A.B., who now lives with the Lord. He passed away around 1996. Uh, Then I was his first biological child. He has my baby sister, who's 42, and my baby brother, who is 38. Um, The conference and the church are his greatest legacies, but he was also an author. And it's important to me that people meet E.K. Bailey, whom they would never meet, because he's left a, a legacy of work that we believe will benefit the next generation of preachers. Share with us, Kakisha, if you will, about how God changed the direction of your vocation. You uh, went to radio, mm-hmm. worked for radio, yes. and then God called you out of that. If you could talk to us about that change in vocation, and then also how you were nervous at mm. first to talk to your dad about that call and how you saw God work in your dad's heart in life. Sure. As you know, we have the exact same experience. Um, When you're a daddy's girl, you can't imagine the Lord calling you to do something that your dad isn't really, excuse my uh, vernacular, down with. (laughs) And so I, I, I dreamed of being a journalist. So from high school through college, I spent time writing for newspapers, magazines. I did an internship at Gospel Today magazine under the great Teresa Hairston, my shero. Um, everything that I had an interest in was writing books, writing articles, working for magazines, radio shows. I was very shy and introverted, and so I felt more comfortable having a voice without being seen, which is perfect for radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at the Radio Advertising Bureau in Las Colinas, Texas, which was the joy of my life. Great friends, great information shared. I think I had two to three positions there, and the last job was a writer, radio gets results writer. 
And I just remember, I like the people and I like the job, but I feel like God wants me to do something else. And suddenly a job that I loved became a job where I felt like I was out of place. And I said, Dad, I, I don't think I'm supposed to work at the radio bureau anymore. And he said, why? Is somebody messing with you? I said, no, I just, I don't feel full anymore at work. He's like, they promoted you. They love you. It's great pay. I think you should stick it out. We don't run from problems in our family. I said, I'm not running from a problem. I just sense God has something different. And I said, are there any openings at the church? I just sense I'm supposed to work at a church right now. He was like, the only opening I have is for a secretary. That was before the fancy names, the administrative assistant. <laughs> this was uh, late 90s. And I said, I'll take a receptionist position. He said, I pay for you to go to college to be a receptionist. So I saw the beginning of the struggle of Pastor Daddy. And I started having dreams of seeing myself in pulpits preaching, which really freaked me out. And I'm like, why would I have dreams seeing myself as a preacher when we don't believe women should preach? <laughs> the, the longing to work at the church became greater. And I said, Dad, if you don't mind, I, I have to work at the church, even as the receptionist. And he said, even if you get half the pay you're getting now? I said, even if I get half the pay? I knew I was no longer interested in a prestigious job, a fancy title, or the pay. This had to be God at work. Daddy said, well, I'm going to interview you with other candidates, but you're not getting the job just because you're my daughter. You'll only get it if you're the best fit and if you're qualified. No problem. So I'm, I want to laugh so loud at the fact that I still can remember walking into his office and him shaking my hand <laughs> <laughs> and him telling me, tell me about yourself. <laughs> and so in that moment, he was full Pastor Bailey. And then we get to the, you're not going to get special treatments because you're my child. I want you to answer this phone with excellence. This position will be the heartbeat of this church, which in many ways was the Miss Sandy of Beeson <laughs> during <laughs> our season here. And so I fell in love. I Thank you for calling Concord Church. This is Kokesha. How may I serve you? <laughs> I can't tell you the joy I had in being the receptionist. <laughs> And when people would call and ask for pastors on staff that were at lunch, they would say, well, can you pray with me? And I would say, my pleasure. And I started praying with people on the phone. And I remember my dad saying, step into my office. I need to talk to you. Do you know you're the receptionist? <laughs> Why are you praying with everybody? <laughs> but that showed me that God wanted to use an administrative role, a receptionist desk, to prepare my heart for servitude, for humility, and eventually, which would be the training ground that would lead to pastoral ministry and itinerant ministry. I'm so thankful. I, I pray I was the best receptionist to the glory of God. <laughs> and in that role, when the phones were quiet, the spirit would say, write messages. When the phones are quiet, write messages. I'm like, why am I writing messages? I'm not a, I'm not a preacher. Life has lived forward and understood backwards. Uh, a couple of years later, the women's ministry director, another Shiro, Miss Robbie Bird said, will you be the first woman, our Women's Day speaker? That was around 1999. I did a message called The Prisoner's Plea. And someone, uh, my dear friend that lives with the, the Lord now, her name is Rubelita. After the message, she ran into in me. She said, Kokesha, don't tell Pastor Bailey I told you. But when you were speaking, he said, I have to admit something to somebody. Ruby, my daughter is up there preaching. I said, he said that? 
He never said that to me. Mm. Well, as the years went by, the Lord revealed to me, you're a preacher. Don't worry. I'll work it out with your dad. I'll even change the paradigm of the church, and I'll change your insecure, introverted personality. And I just rejoice that um, God was moving all along when I felt like he was passive. He was still active, Mm. and he had not forgotten me. And I had to remind myself, he is fighting with tradition, not with me. He's not penalizing me. He's trying to unlearn what his mentors taught him. And so I'm pleased to say that by the grace of God, maybe around August of 2003, he came to our church to say, I want to apologize to the women that I didn't let preach. I want to apologize to my daughter. And I want to say I'm sorry to all of the people that said, I'm a woman, but I want to preach that I didn't allow. He said, I've been fighting with what people taught me. He said, but a blind man can see that Kokesha is a preacher and she wants to go to seminary. She's chosen Beeson and I don't want her not to follow God because of her dad. (laughs) I was such a daddy's girl. I felt like if you call me, prove it by changing his mind (laughs) because I don't want to do anything that would ruin our BFF relationship as father and daughter. And God said, Keisha, I'm going to do it but I'm jealous that you love your dad more than you love me. And so I want you to die to pleasing him. Hmm. And I want you to become a God pleaser because right now you're a daddy pleaser. And if you will give me the place on your heart you gave to your daddy, I'll open up doors that no man can close and I'll change the paradigm of this church. So daddy announces it to the church. The church erupts. It's almost as though they've seen this coming for years. And a little girl walked up to me um, after church at 12 years old to say, Miss Kokesha, when Pastor Bailey said that for you, did he mean it for little girls like me too? And now she's in her 20s preaching. So I want to just encourage women and men that are listening today that God changes people, personalities, and paradigms if we could have the courage and faith to wait on him. So Kokesha, how does Cross Spring Ministries fit into this? A handful of years ago, you founded it. Yes. And it has supported some of the preaching you've been doing. Yes, sir. And we've just told our audience that you're going to go to Grace College now as well. Would you just tell us a little bit about how the Lord's used the ministry? Sure. How it came to be? And uh, will it continue as you kind of head on to Grace College? One of the hymns, favorite hymns of the church is, has lyrics that says, time is filled with swift transition. And now I've lived long enough to know that is the truth. So I had the privilege by God's amazing grace to serve on the administrative staff of Concord Church in Dallas under my dad. But then God extended the grace to come home to serve under the current pastor, Pastor Brian Carter. And I'm sure we'll get to the question of some preaching mentors. He is one of many. I learned so much from he and my father. On his staff, I had an opportunity to serve the pastoral staff. And it was such a great joy to work as a thank you note to the people that raised me and taught me the Bible. In the course of those four to five years, I had so much excitement about ministry, so much I wanted to share that Beeson taught me and that Mount Nebo Church in Harlem taught me where I served as assistant pastor. And then there was so much I had to learn because the culture of Concord had changed and I wanted to experience church under our new pastor. I oversaw ministries like baptism ministry, uh, new believers ministry, the assimilation team, the writing team, and the lifeline ministry under uh, the leadership of our pastor. 
and because I had tremendous growth ministry leaders. But after maybe about the third year, the Lord whispered to me, I want you to prepare for a shift. And I said, a shift to do what? And he said, once you quit your job, I'll show you. And I remember saying, I beg your pardon. <laughs> and I went on a fast because I believe in fasting for spiritual clarity. And I said, God, please make it crystal clear. I'll do it. And God said, I want you to quit your job. I said, but do you mind telling me where I'm going? He said, I'll tell you after you resign. I'm like, but when I resign, will I still keep getting a check every two weeks <laughs> and some benefits? <laughs> God was silent. And maybe about a year later, I came to understand that this was divine discontentment. It didn't mean that there was a problem pushing me out. It didn't mean that I no longer loved the place where I was. Now I see you don't have to fall out just because you're moving on. And I share with people that transition is not a dirty word. Transition is biblical. Jesus came as a baby, <laughs> but he went to glory as a man. <laughs> we have to stop making people feel bad when it's transition season. And the Lord said, Kokisha, I'm calling you to be an evangelist, but I don't have to give you an itinerary. Follow me. I want you to do some writing. I want you to do some preaching. And I remember saying, but who in the world is going to invite me? <laughs> he said, I I'll worry about that. You don't market yourself. I I'll market you. I'll put your name on people's hearts, but you can't be an evangelist coming to church every day in this office that says director of growth. And I struggled a lot with, we live in a world that demands you to tell them your next move. Well, I look like a fool saying I'm quitting and I don't know where I'm going. And God said, remember when you had to die to people pleasing to become a preacher? We're going to go through that again. <laughs> it just showed me that it's cyclical. It's like forgiveness is not a one-time event. You have to keep dying daily to those offended feelings. And he said, I want you to die again to pleasing people. They don't have to know, but I know. And my pastor was so kind. He said, you're resigning. Where, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. But God says I'm going to be writing, <laughs> preaching, maybe at seminaries, maybe colleges, maybe conferences. I just know he told me to release this office to the next person that's supposed to work here. He said, we believe that. We'll be praying for you. And for a year, God was silent. And in that silence, glory to God, he gave me rest because I was going through spiritual burnout. Hmm. He gave me a chance to move to Houston where my husband had received a new job. So I got a chance to be Mrs. Robinson. And then he spoke to me. I want you to establish a ministry called Cross Spring Ministry, which gets to your question. Mm -hmm. I want this to be a full-time itinerant ministry that only has two objectives. Preach the living water and provide physical water for disenfranchised communities. So it's a, a ministry that allows for preaching, teaching, and mentoring on the move. It's a full-time mobile ministry. Most of these um, opportunities have come from preaching at women's conferences, Christian seminaries, colleges, uh, writing some. I'm a current writer for Our Daily Bread Voices Division. That gives me great joy. It's been a season of awesome flexibility. I've gotten a chance to mentor college students and seminarians on my off days. Mm. And I'm very grateful. It's been five fulfilling years of mobile ministry. But now the Lord is shifting gears again. So my cross spring schedule, to answer your question, will submit um, next year to the schedule of Grace College. So I will no longer be a full-time itinerant preacher. I'll be a full-time associate dean that has an itinerant ministry, as our schedule will allow. Talk to us about mentoring 
uh, other people. You talked a lot about that at your during your visit here at Beeson, and you've used the cross as yes a, a a way to talk about mentoring. So, talk to us about what does Christian mentoring look like. Who are some of your mentors who have modeled this for you? And what can we learn about mentoring? I appreciate that. I do believe the Christian counselor that offered this paradigm that I strive to live by in mentoring, that we should have relationships that mimic and mirror the cross. People in our lives that are pouring into us, people in our lives that are alongside of us, people in our lives that we are pouring into And so I'm very thankful for people like Dr. Smith, who's at that top level pouring down, Dr. A.B. Sutton, uh, Pastor Brian Carter, uh, Bishop Vashti McKenzie, um, Dr. Cynthia Hale, Dr. Patricia Outlaw, Dr. Day, I could go on and on. There's a whole host of witnesses that are pouring down. African-American preachers, we also believe that we preach with our sages. So I believe I'm preaching with Gardner Taylor, who's in glory, and Louis Patterson, Dr. Patterson, who's in glory, um, Dr. Ella Mitchell, the wife of Dr. Henry Mitchell. I feel like we preach with sages. Uh, but then I have to have friends who are sorting things out as founders, as preachers, as pastors, as missionaries. So my contemporaries, my decent friends that graduated with me, people like you, we're all writing books. We're serving as speakers or in our respected uh, fields. But then now I have to have the responsibility and stewardship of meeting with people like Michi, who graduated much later. Uh, people like um, the next generation of decent women that we spoke with on yesterday. So it's important to me that when I travel preaching, that I always allow time to answer questions from the next generation. I never speak at a college without having coffee with students, lunch with students, or just sitting on a couch or a quiet spot to say, how can I help you? What challenges do you have? Where where are you hurting? Where do you need to vent? Mm -hmm. Or where do you need to be affirmed? Uh, Some seasons don't allow it weekly, but it's important to me to make sure that my ministry is just not the Kokesha show. I have a responsibility to share the gospel and to write because of calling, but I also have a responsibility and stewardship to make sure I'm bringing people alongside. So in this new role at Grace, the role will grow as Kokesha will grow. And I pray I'll bump into other deans or future deans that I can pour into. I think it's important that we are flexible and give elasticity to the definition of mentoring. Because mentoring in my parents' generation was getting a book and sometimes sitting down and going through, this week is the first chapter of this book. And I remember um, Henry Blackaby, Experiencing God, still one of my faves. I would sit down with someone every week and go through a chapter. So I thought the only way to mentor is to get a book and to meet me and to talk about it. Well, that's one way. But there are people in this city that mentored me that didn't even know they were mentoring So it's important to live a witness for the people that feel like you don't know me, but I'm watching you on Facebook. I'm inspired by your quotes. I'm inspired by your books. I'm inspired by your witness. But it's also important to be available if somebody has a quick text. This generation likes a lot of text mentoring. I've had to see that mentoring has to be multifaceted, multisensory. Sometimes I'm mentoring through messenger, text phone calls, but my favorite mentoring is face-to-face saying, how may I serve you in this season? Yesterday in chapel, you delivered a powerful sermon from 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
and we're going to post it on the web and we hope the people listening right now will actually watch the whole sermon for themselves. <laughs> uh, but both for the ones who will and the ones who won't, sure. would you mind just summarizing the message you gave us yesterday and maybe think about applying it in a way that will encourage our podcast mm. audience? Thank you all for supporting the chapel service. I understand my Birmingham pastor, Dr. Sutton, was there. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I would be remiss without giving him a shout out because he still pastors me. Thank you for your presence, Dr. Sutton. And uh, to all of my mentors that were present, it just meant so much to look out and see Dr. Day and Dr. Outlaw and others, Dr. Smith. Um, if you weren't there and if you don't listen to the podcast, but I hope you will, we dealt with Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17, where we didn't believe we had the time to unpack it fully. However, the skeleton of it is to be faithful, to be faithful in adversity and simply to stand. We talked about Donnie McClurkin's song, What Do You Do When You've Done All You Can? You Just Stand. Paul and Timothy in this text um, demonstrates a biblical paradigm of stewardship, mentorship, discipleship. And they are showing us that we must duplicate ourselves on this journey of life as Christian believers and to be a good soldier. Paul, in many ways, is beginning to uh, dead boat the evening of his life. He knows that his life will end soon, but he's saying, I'm not worried. They can take my life, but they can't take the gospel. And he's saying, Timothy, nobody knows me better than you do. You've watched me dance. Remember, do not develop spiritual amnesia. Do not have a watered-down theology just because you are persecuted. Know that persecution will come, but God has given you everything that you need to do to stand and to withstand. So be faithful and then do what I did for you. Duplicate yourself. Amen. You have been listening to the Reverend Kokesha Bailey Robinson, one of Beeson's best and brightest. She is the founder of Cross Springs Ministries based in Dallas, Texas, but starting next month, she will be the Associate Dean for Diversity and Inclusion at Grace College in Winona Lake, Indiana. We are very grateful to you, Kokesha, for your faithfulness in ministry and your willingness to minister to us this week. And we're grateful to all of you for tuning in. Uh, please tune in uh, as often as you can. We love you and we want to serve you. Goodbye for now. been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.